the EPL show on the Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season is back at MyBookie, and they're now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in Daily Fantasy, DraftKings. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot of millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on all of the week three action. Enter the code SGP to get a free shot of millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code SGP only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage of the sportsbook with NBA, NHL, college football, MLB, NFL, all back in action? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to betql.co and enter the code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co and the promo code SGP20. And finally, we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just head over to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. As we said on Das Bundesliga show, we have a different Twitter feed now for this show. At SGP EPL has been changed to at SGP Soccer. So if you want the free plays here from lockbetting.com, Follow the feed for the Soccer Gambling Podcast at SGP Soccer. And last night we gave you a free play on the NBA game between the Lakers and the Nuggets. Over 213 points, cashed easily. No sweat, free play, one unit winner. And we will continue to give you those free plays at SGP Soccer. It is the official account for the Soccer Gambling Podcast, but we'll be giving out more than soccer free plays there because it is, an, it is a collaboration with LockBetting.com where you will get your free plays from. LockBetting.com having a really, really good month, not having a good two, three days. Could have actually got a large chunk of it back yesterday if the referee in the Bayern Munich Sevilla game or coupled with VAR wasn't completely moronic. We were absolutely screwed. How Bayern Munich did not cover the over 2.5 and win that game in the 90-minute period was beyond me. We also took them in running at 1-0 down to win that game on the money line. Bad, bad play. But around that, we had a very, very, very good day. Swept the NBA. Had a 1.5-unit play in the Icelandic league of all places. We've done very well in the last three, four months picking out obscure plays from some obscure leagues because, as you guys probably know, if you're dedicated gamblers, there isn't as much attention paid to obscure leagues and things of that nature. And without that attention to detail that the books will put into very, very largely bet games, for example... When you look at the NFL week three games this week, they are supposed to be the tightest lines in the industry. NFL is only played for 20 weeks a year and it's the most gambled on sport, 21 weeks a year, but it's the most gambled on sports in America. So those lines are going to be sharp. The EPL 
is the most gambled on soccer league in the world. And football, or soccer in itself, is the most gambled sport in the world. Can you imagine how sharp the lines are in the upper leagues and how much time is spent on them? Down in the lower leagues, they're barely taking any bets. They probably spend about 10 minutes trying to put these lines together. So there is opportunity there and we have hit big time and we have made the most of those opportunities throughout the summer and we continue to do so. 1.5 unit winner yesterday on Icelandic football on the over in that game. So head over to lockbetting.com because we will surely get our shit together this weekend. Coming up here on the SGP, I will be on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, who you can follow at the SGP Network, doing another edition of the Fight Show. We all know how shit goes down over there. Have a very, very strong record on that show since it started. Currently sitting at 31 and 9. That's 78 all time on the locks for the fight show and I'll be dropping another one as we preview this weekend's UFC 253 last thing I want to tout about is my article over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com where I write a weekly article dedicated to the EPL it's pretty good a lot of guys have been making money betting the score lines on that one so if you guys want to check that out hopefully it bears some fruit for you guys this weekend and that is the last plug i want to give out before we move on to this week's fixtures we are 100 percent with our locks in the epl this season we are having a very very good run with those locks we started uh, week one with the sweep with the lock dog and parlay as well could not do that last weekend so we look to improve with the parlay and the dogs and look to continue with the lock run here we will be doing something different with the locks this week so make sure you listen to the end of the show where the lock is normally given out and then you'll hear what we are doing different with the lock my hand has kind of been forced if you look on the twitter account at sgp soccer you'll probably get a hint of where I'm going to be going with this this week. And um, we'll talk about it at the end because I want to crack on and start looking at these games. And they begin with my Manchester United travelling to Brighton at 12.30 on Saturday, where Man United are coming off an abysmal home performance against Crystal Palace, which is why you're getting them here at 4-5. to five. It's 18-5 to five on Brighton. And it's 29 to 10 on the draw. Now, I cannot overemphasize what one week of additional fitness will do for these teams. We often see teams who look nowhere near ready when they play a game like the Community Shield. And all of a sudden, the EPL season starts the following week and they look like a different team and they, and they win comfortably. I'm hoping that's going to be the case for Manchester United. Some of the players had a run out in the week. In the Carabao Cup, we're looking at an additional week of training and we're going up against a Brighton team who I already predicted will not beat anybody in the top six this season because of the way that they play football. It's a stylistic nightmare for them because all of the teams in the top six and now I would even stretch this out to the top eight because Everton look very good. Wolves look very consistent as well. Even Leicester possibly can throw into that conversation. So we're almost looking at nine teams now that I don't expect Brighton to get wins against. The things all of these teams have in common 
is that they have top, top players. When you're looking at Traore and Jimenez, somewhere like Wolves, Madison Vardy at Leicester, uh, James Rodriguez and Richarlison at Everton, even those teams have ballers. We know the top six have top, top players. Brighton don't have these top, top players. They have some very, very good players coming through and they have some players that looking at their game against Newcastle where they destroyed Newcastle last week, I'm looking at them and seeing potential players that could be signed into top eight clubs, especially when you're looking at uh, Lapity at fullback. And I'm very surprised that Chelsea let him go. He's had some really good performances here to start out the season, but they don't have enough players here to pull off the style of football that Graham Potter wants to play. And I talk about this all of the time, unless a team have a massive off day and Tottenham last season had a massive, massive off day, which was a large part of the reason why Pochettino lost his job. These top teams, 85% of the time, are going to be able to beat Brighton, even if they go to Brighton, where, especially at the moment, there is no home advantage. There is no advantage from an Amex crowd playing at a very tightly packed and smaller Premier League ground. That doesn't exist. So it's a football match at a ground that has been neutralised between two teams that are playing stylistically the same way, but one has better players. And in this instance, if they're fit, Manchester United will be the beneficiaries of that, which starts to make four to five look very good. However, there's another bet in this game, which is also available at four to five, and that's both teams to score. Because looking at the way Manchester United defended last week, I think it may be a few weeks until we see this team pick up a clean sheet. Brighton have scored in eight of the last 10 competitive matches. Both teams have scored in three of the last four meetings between these two teams. Brighton played out eight 1-1 draws in the Premier League last season. So if you're not convinced that Man United will be back to full fitness, maybe that would be a bet for you, either the draw or the one-all scoreline, which pays out 7-1. And Man United coming into this have only won two of their last five league matches. If you remember, they started the season post-lockdown on fire and began to lose steam and needed to beat Leicester on the final day of the season. I think this is a good bounce-back spot here. I think Brighton trying to hold on to the ball, pushing forward, trying to create opportunities is going to leave gaps at the back. Crystal Palace did not do that last week. They did not give Manchester United a sniff. But despite the fact these are two teams situated in similar positions of the table, the way they play football could not be more different. Therefore, there will be gaps to counter. We saw Chelsea not play very well and still managed to find opportunities to beat Brighton away from home. I'm expecting similar things here from Manchester United. As long as they start with the right players, I believe they have the quality to win this game. We need a better performance from Bruno Fernandes. We need to sort out this situation in midfield because it's very difficult to play with Pogba and Fernandes and not have a top, top defensive midfielder in that position. Van der Beek isn't the answer because he's more of the same. He's similar to Pogba and Bruno Fernandes. And if we play all three, We are certainly going to struggle to win this game. So we need somebody in that defensive midfield position that plays well and does break up these these Brighton counter-attacks. And then we have the ballers there in Pogba and Fernandes to play out the balls out wide to Greenwood and Rashford and Martial, who all have the pace to punish Brighton just like they did last season. So I'm expecting Manchester United to be able to do that. They will be able to play within themselves, even if they aren't at 100% fitness 
I think they should be good enough to be able to soak up everything that Brighton offered to them and win this game on a counter-attack. Maybe it's not ideal for long-term Manchester United supporters for me to be speaking about Man United coming into this game and implementing a tactic where we allow Brighton to to boss the ball and to press us and try and hit them on the break. But it is what it is. This is how the Manchester United team is built. And I feel that we need to get out of this game with three points, no matter what, especially after the start we made last week. So whether it's the implementation of trying to hit Brighton on the break or whether we use those fast attacking wingers to press Brighton. And the only reason why I'm reluctant to push us going down that route and pushing that tactic, which I would normally be in favour of because when it's a team like Brighton and we're Manchester United, we should be pressing the game. Is Julie down to the fitness that the players showed last week? We don't look like we're fully fit. And all of a sudden, if we have Greenwood and Rashford and Shaw and Wan-Bissaka all pushing down the flanks, we're going to leave space at the back and looking at the pairing of Lindelof and Maguire, that really fucking worries me. So... I think we need to try and win this game on the break. There'll be plenty of opportunities to do so. So I'm going to take Man United here to bounce back with a win on the money line at four to five. But I also like both teams to score, which is also available at four to five. Up next, we see a battle between two 100 percenters with Crystal Palace hosting Everton. Palace are the 13 to five underdogs. It's 12 to five the draw and it's 21 to 20 on Everton. The easy pick here would be to take Everton to win this game, and they should. They've won all four competitive games this season. They are unbeaten in five meetings with Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace have lost eight of their 11 Premier League matches. And of course, when you're looking at the two teams, Everton significantly have the better players and more talent in this game. So it's very, very easy to pick with Everton. However, looking at those eight matches that Crystal Palace have lost out of the last 11... They're all last season. They're unbeaten this season. In fact, they're 100% and they've just implemented a tactic at Man United, a master plan where they easily just won at Old Trafford. They have only conceded more than two goals at home in the Premier League once since the start of the season. And Everton are playing in goal with Jordan Pickford. And my God, if England go to Euro 2021 with this moron in goal, They are going to have a disastrous tournament. And I think he's going to be a big problem that Everton need to address, maybe even as early as January, because I have no faith in Jordan Pickford. Also, this is a team that shipped two goals to West Brom last week. Yes, they may be worldies, but they do need to fix up defensively. The the partnership of Keane and Mina should be a lot better because these are two quality centre-backs. In Luca Dinia, they have one of the best full-backs in the world. And... They have quality in midfield now, defensive midfielders in Decore and Allen, who should be sweeping things up. So Everton should be a lot more defensively astute. However, I still think inevitably they'll concede a goal. I think Crystal Palace will score in this game and I think they'll be good enough to keep Everton out. So I'm going to go for the draw in this game, which is available at 12 to 5. I also think that this game will go under the total, which is available also at Four to five. I say also because we gave out a couple of four to fives in the last game. I think Crystal Palace will come here to try and stop Everton playing. 
And after last weekend, everybody will be piling in on Dominic Calvert-Lewin and James Rodriguez in their fantasy teams, which I understand. But you may want to wait a week because I don't think they're going to get you loads of points this week. I think next week looks a lot more favourable for Everton. So I'm going to take the under here. And I like the draw at 12-5. to Also like Crystal Palace on the double chance to avoid a home defeat here, which is available at, you've guessed it, Four to five seems like the price of the day. I wonder if we can find something at four to five on every single game. Moving on, it's West Brom versus Chelsea. Well, Chelsea is certainly not at four to five. They are now at four to eleven to win this game. It's five, so fifteen to two on West Brom and four to one on the draw. I like this as the lock a couple of days ago. And this is the problem with doing the show on a Friday. Should have locked this up earlier when Chelsea were available at 8 to 15 and now available at 4 to 11. Um, The reason we wait is because we want to get through the Carabao Cup games and make sure they're finished and see what kind of injuries we have. I mean, we've already got Pep Guardiola saying for Manchester City that they only have 13 fit players, which is ridiculous. So we, we may not see some Pep Guardiola, Pep Roulette this week with fantasy. We may be able to just pick the players that we think are going to play and they will end up playing. But we'll see. Could be a decoy. Managers have been known to do that. But looking at the game we're, we're looking at here, it's going to be very interesting to see who Chelsea select because the fringe players look better in midweek than the players that started against Liverpool with Kai Havertz getting a hat-trick. I think he's certain to start, but he had a good partnership with Tammy Abraham. So... Frank Lampard will really have to justify why he brings in Werner again and it can't simply be a case of because we paid all this money for him and um, he's perceived to be the better player because Abraham and Havertz definitely worked in midweek. I do expect him to make the decision to bring in Werner. He was rested in midweek so he will definitely play but it'll be interesting to see what happens in relation to Cammy Abraham for the rest of the season, whether they end up playing two or whether he goes out on loan somewhere because I'm not sure he's going to want to sit on the Chelsea bench for the entire season. I think January may be a tipping point for Tammy Abraham to see where he goes because he still looks like a decent player to me. And as I said, Havertz would agree. He spoke about Tammy Abraham after his interview and gave him great credit for the partnership, which allowed him to score a hat-trick in midweek. I expect Chelsea to continue on with their winning ways. I think West Brom and Fulham are certainly going to go down this season. Chelsea to cover a minus 1.5 handicap is at plus money here at 11 to 10. And I think that has to be the way. In order to do so, though, I think Chelsea will need to score three goals because I'm still not confident about them keeping a clean sheet with Kepa in goal. I do understand a new keeper has been signed, but I'm not sure if he's going to come straight into the team and start this game. If so... And we do actually see Edouard Mendy making his debut and we see Silva and Chilwell making their Premier League debuts as well. Both of them played in midweek. Then we could see some value here on Chelsea to nil at 6-4 plus 150. For me, I'm not going to take the risk. I do think we're going to see Kepa or even Willy Caballero in goal because Mendy will need to pass a COVID-19 test and he's only been in the country two days. So I'm not sure if Lampard's going to want to chuck him straight in for this game on Saturday. But eventually Chelsea are going to be more defensively sound than they currently are. So in my opinion, they will need to score three goals, but I don't think they'll have any problem with that. I think fantasy players should get Werner and Havertz into their team if they can. Confident about this minus 1.5 at plus money. If you're not, you can take Chelsea at minus 150 to cover the minus one Asian handicap. That pushes 
at one goal if Chelsea win by one goal, loses if they don't win, and if they win by two or more, then you cash at minus 150. Maybe that's a safer way to go if you want to go down the safer route. The final game on Saturday sees Burnley host Southampton, and inexplicably, Southampton are the favourites here to win this game. They're favourites to go and win at one of the toughest grounds in the Premier League, which is fine if you hadn't lost your first two Premier League games and exited the League Cup. They started with a 1-0 loss at Palace. They then exited the League Cup to Brentford, a championship team who rested players but still beat Southampton, who pretty much had a full-strength team out. And last week, they got bashed 5-2 by Tottenham. And this largely came because Southampton were playing a ridiculous high line and trying to press. And I find it very amusing because this happens in football. We see this in cycles. Teams all become married to a tactic. We see it working for someone like Liverpool. And all of a sudden, we see the press coming in. For years in football, it was 4-4-2. Then we had the introduction of the wingers, which came back, but we started playing as a three. And then we had the wingbacks, where everybody was playing a back five with the wingbacks. Then all of a sudden, we had loads of worst teams parking the bus. Nobody wanted to play football anymore because Jose Mourinho had won the Champions League with Porto. And we had years and years of inferior teams parking the bus and parking the bus. And it worked up until even when Inter Milan won the Champions League under Mourinho. I like to think of this as the Mourinho era. Well, at the moment, we are certainly in the heavy metal era because Jurgen Klopp won the Champions League with Liverpool and Bayern Munich just won the Champions League playing a similar style of football. But Bayern Munich and Liverpool are not Southampton. And sometimes you have to play what stylistically makes sense for you. Now, a lot of Southampton fans will point to the fact that this did work. We gave Manchester United a very, very difficult game and we ran more kilometres than any team in the Premier League post-lockdown. And they did. But if your fitness isn't at that point at this early part of the season, then you're going to get beaten 5-2 by Tottenham. I don't think any of this, though, will be a factor necessarily in this game because in order to press, you're going to have to come up against the Burnley team that want to play football. Burnley won't. They're going to give the ball away. They're going to allow Southampton to try and break them down. It's going to be a very, very different game where Southampton are pushing the play, pushing the pace with their better players and trying to break Burnley down. Well, guess what? Burnley aren't easy to break down. That's why they've managed to stay in the Premier League for years. Sean Dyche is one of the top-rated managers and is absolutely renowned for getting what he gets out of this group of players. I don't see Southampton as a 5-4 to four or an 11-10 to 10 favourite in some places and coming here and suddenly steamrolling Burnley off the back of three losses. Burnley had a bad result last week. They didn't defend how Burnley usually defend. It's not like them to concede four goals at Leicester, which makes me think even more that they're going to get it right here. I like Burnley here on the double chance to avoid a defeat. You can get that at four to six. I'm not going to be taking Southampton until I see some improvement from Southampton. And obviously under Ralph Hasenhutl, they've been in this situation before. Even more extreme situation than this, where they lost 9-0 to Leicester last season and ended up having a big turnaround, which included the third best away record in the whole Premier League. So they are capable of turning it around. This is an away game. I wouldn't be surprised if Southampton win it. 
But looking at the value, Southampton at 11 to 10 to win this game at Burnley, no value there whatsoever. Give me Burnley here at 4 to 6 to avoid a home defeat on the double chance market. That will also be priced up as Burnley plus 0.5 on the Asian line if that's what you're seeing in your US books. If you don't have double chance markets there. Speaking of books, one book that you definitely need to be signed up to is mybookie.ag. Winning season has returned at mybookie and winning season means doubling your first deposit. They are still doing that incredible offer. Get in on the action and use our primary code SGP and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best in the NFL this season for your chances to win big. Use our primary code SGP and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. You'd have also heard during the show us talking about the fantasy teams. Of course, there is an SGP Fantasy League running at the moment for Fantasy Premier League. If you missed out on that, the next best thing that you can do is sign up for DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code SGP. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot of millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week three NFL action. Enter the code SGP to get a free shot of millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code SGP only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Moving on to Sunday, and we begin with Sheffield United versus Leeds, where Sheffield United are a huge 19 to 10 underdog here against newly promoted Leeds, who are the 6 to 4 favourites, and it's 23 to 10 the draw. Leeds have started the season pretty well. They've had one win and one loss, and they competed with Liverpool in what was a performance that was defensively atrocious from Liverpool. We have to admit that Liverpool were defensively atrocious in that game and it ended up being a shootout, which Liverpool ended up winning. And then last week, Leeds got involved in another shootout and uh, they ended up winning 4-3 against newly promoted Fulham. Now, I've heard people saying to me that, well, it's obvious what Leeds are going to be. They're going to be a team that can score goals in the Premier League, but they're going to concede goals. Well, this is not what Leeds were last season. They were a team that, didn't concede a lot of goals and it was their defence that was a part of how they came up into the Premier League. So this is a different Leeds that we're seeing to Championship Leeds. You can't really have this take on Leeds after two games and say this is what they are because this is not what they were last season. For them to have scored 7-2 and to concede 7-2 and isn't really the same Leeds that we saw in the Championship. So I think overbackers are going to be automatically on this game. And that makes sense. Leeds have averaging seven goals per game, 14 goals scored in their first two. Sheffield United have kept just three clean sheets in their last nine home assignments. And this is a team that were also defensively solid through most of last season. I mean, their fantasy players were almost guaranteeing points on a weekly basis. Leeds are conceding more shots on average per game, which is 18 per game, than any other club in the EPL Sheffield United come into this and have lost just four of their 16 Premier League home games. And that is key. And that is why I think this is going to be a real welcome to the Premier League. Because Sheffield United were solid at home last season. They were solid overall. They've lost their first two games of the season. And I just don't see a newly promoted team coming here and making it three losses in a row, which will be seven losses in a row overall for the Sheffield United team. I don't think that the manager's going to put up with it. I think this is going to be Leeds' first real taste of what it's like to be in the Premier League 
and facing what they faced through most of last season where they need to break a team down, a team that are going to sit back and say, come on, come and break us down. Let's see what you've got. Now, Leeds succeeded at this last season. They succeeded in breaking teams down, which is why they're in the Premier League. But this is a Premier League defence. There were Premier League teams that couldn't break down Sheffield United last season. We saw Arsenal lose to Sheffield United last season. We saw Tottenham and Wolves both lose away to Sheffield United in the lockdown period. So this isn't a case of Sheffield United massively underperforming under these conditions necessarily. Now, all of a sudden, you have a newly promoted Leeds team who look quite poor at the back because they have conceded seven goals and look very good going forward because they have scored seven goals. Coming here off the back of two four threes, one that went against them and one that went for them, a 4-3 win against a fellow newly promoted team, Fulham, and coming to Sheffield United, who had a very good season in the Premier League, including getting those wins over those three scalps at home that I mentioned, as a favourite. I don't see it. The line is wrong here, just as it was earlier with Burnley versus Southampton. This is going to be a very, very difficult game. Sheffield United are going to make themselves very, very difficult to break down. And Sheffield United here on the double chance is available at 3-5. to five. And Sheffield United on the pick market is an 11-10 to 10 underdog. I'm going to take that here. Obviously, if you want to be a little bit more braver, you can take Sheffield United to win this game just under plus 200, 2 to 1, just under that. If you shop around, you may get it. I imagine Leeds are going to get some backing tomorrow. I imagine people are going to be piling in on the over as well. The over 2.5 goals is available at 8 to 11. The under 2.5 goals is the underdog price here at 11 to 10. I would take the under because I think this is going to have a very definitive pattern. It's going to be, okay, new boys, you've done well so far. You scored seven goals in two weeks. Try and break us down. Try and break down an established, stubborn Premier League defence that defends in numbers. There's going to be six or seven men behind the ball and Leeds are going to be invited to break this team down where Sheffield United are going to try and nick goals on the break or through set pieces, free kicks and corners. And that's going to be the pattern of play for this game. And I think Sheffield United are going to come out on top. I've got this as 1-0 to Sheffield United. I actually think that they'll be able to shut Leeds out and this will be a real welcome to the Premier League and a wake-up call for them as well. I could be completely wrong, and I'm going against every single piece of data that's in front of me. But I just think that I've seen this I've seen this movie many times. I've watched this league my entire life. And Sheffield United are an established Premier League team. And the, a newly promoted team like Leeds, off the back of those two results that they've had, it doesn't warrant being the favourites here. So Sheffield United on the double chance. Sheffield United draw no bet. And the under here for me... If Leeds end up winning this game 3-0, I couldn't be more wrong about everything and I'll hold my hands up next week. We move on to Tottenham versus Newcastle, where Tottenham are the 1-2 favourites. It's 7-2 to join it, 6-1 on Newcastle. The hangover of the Europa League did not catch up with Tottenham last week. I was wrong about that. They did go 1-0 down and then all of a sudden Southampton started to leave 40 yards of space for Tottenham to attack. And obviously that's going to help, even if you're tired, and especially if you have the likes of Kane and Son who can punish you. I think Tottenham are going to experience a different kind of game here, especially if last season is any kind of barometer. And I'm not sure if 100% it is because Newcastle have signed a lot of attacking players 
in the summer so maybe they're going to have a different kind of philosophy here but if we're looking at last season Newcastle should make themselves very difficult make themselves very difficult to beat they've won on four of their last six visits to Tottenham Spurs game against Newcastle will be their fourth in 10 days Spurs have failed to keep a clean sheet in their first four competitive games of the new season and Spurs drop points in eight of their last 14 Premier League fixtures. So lots of data there to support Newcastle actually doing something here. And I'm mainly on the side of the tiredness because it didn't kick in last week. But now you're looking at your fourth game in 10 days. It really has to. And this should have been five in 10 because they actually had a game against Leighton Orient cancelled. I'm not going to take... Newcastle on the double chance here, but I am going to take Newcastle to avoid a hefty defeat in it this game because I do think it's going to be difficult for Spurs to put down a big defeat here on Newcastle. Newcastle at plus 1.5 on the Asian handicap line is available at four to six. And for an outside bet here, I like Newcastle to open the scoring in this game. I've got this predicted as Tottenham winning 2-1 because I think Tottenham will come out sluggish and after the half, they'll have a big team talk from Mourinho like the ones we see on Amazon Prime on that uh, comedic Tottenham documentary and then suddenly they may come out and win this game. But I think Newcastle could score the first goal in this game and you can get that at 9-2. to I think there's some serious value. That's a big, big shout from me, obviously. And um, that is a big, big underdog play. So don't think that that is any pick or anything that I've made official. Nothing is official here other than the locks. Um, Even the lock dog parlay is a format that we follow from the NFL pick show. And I work for the Sports Gambling Podcast and I follow the format of the Sports Gambling Podcast. But my members every week, the one official play they're given is the lock. And then we make other plays from the rest of the EPL games. And I try my best not to give you those plays away. If you want all of my official plays, head over to lockbetting.com. That's also the place where you can get the European show every week. The European show is available at lockbetting.com. You can get that for just $2.50 a week, $10 a month for the European show. Of course, if you want to get an advantage over the sports books this season when it comes to the NBA, NHL, college football, MLB and NFL, with everything now back in action, you should download the BetQL app. That's the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Enter our code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co and the promo code SGP20. Or you can start your own book and you can do that with Ace per head. That's where you need to go if you've ever thought about starting your own sports but don't know how. Ace is here to help you start that sports book. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace offers a live betting experience and amazing mobile experience. And you get started today. Ace is offering up to six weeks free and you just need to head over to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. The final game on Sunday is Manchester City versus Leicester, where Man City have moved to the one to three favourites. They were one to four, five to one to join at seventeen to two on Leicester. I think the line is moved here because of the Pep 
Guardiola injury press conference where he said he currently only had 13 fit players. I think you may see a miracle by Sunday because I think Man City will have a lot more and they'll end up feeling a strong enough team to win this game. Manchester City always seemed to beat Leicester. I remember when Leicester won the Premier League, they got a big win at Manchester City, but since then it's been dominated by City. They've actually won six of the last nine and they've only lost to Leicester once. When looking for a play on this game, I wouldn't overthink it because we're almost guaranteed goals. Five of the last seven have seen over 2.5 goals. Five of the last seven between these two have seen both teams scoring. Leicester haven't kept a clean sheet in this fixture in 11. When we're looking at the teams here, Manchester City's last six matches have all seen over 2.5 goals and both teams have scored in four of the last five. Man City without a clean sheet in the last four. They'll need to fix that if they want to win the Premier League this season. But I can see this being another game where they do end up conceding. This one for me is virtually guaranteed to go over and I'm confident attacking Manchester City onto the end of that. So Manchester City to win and over 2.5 goals, which is available at 4-6. to six. Manchester City and over 2.5 goals in this one available at 4-6. to six. The last game wasn't actually the last game on Sunday. That was a mistake by me. I've missed out West Ham versus, West Ham versus Wolves. West Ham are available at 14 to 5. It's 23 to 10 the draw. And it's 21 to 20 on Wolves. West Ham looked better last week. They were playing better football. They looked like they deserved more from the game against Arsenal. They ended up losing that. Wolves have looked good in patches. They looked very, very good at the start of the game against Sheffield United, which is a very difficult place to go to, obviously. And then in patches, they looked equal to Manchester City. They were obviously dominated for the first 45 minutes of the half. But when we're looking at the fact that they dominated Manchester City in patches and were able to go and win at Sheffield United, I have to lean with Wolves here to win again. It's not a confident pick because West Ham are improving. And even if they do lose the first three games of the season, which they probably will, I still don't think that they'll go down. Wolves beat West Ham in each of the club's last four meetings. Wolves haven't conceded a single goal in any of those games. They won 2-0 when they last visited the London Stadium, and that was only in June. And West Ham have won just four of their last 17 Premier League home fixtures. So everything here points to Wolves, except the one part of the eye test, which was West Ham's improvement. But I think we have enough data and I think we're safe taking Wolves because Wolves in themselves have also looked good this season and have also added players in the window and had some outgoings and ingoings. That was something that wasn't really happening at Wolves previously where they were carrying on with the same team. They have had some changes. We'll see how the new players adapt. But at the moment, I still think they've got enough to beat West Ham who are struggling, but they will not struggle enough to go down even if they lose the first three games. Up next, we've got Fulham versus Aston Villa, which is on Monday. We're finally on to Monday. Two games to go. Fulham are the 15-8 to 8 underdogs here. It's 23-10 to 10 the draw, and it's 29-20 to 20 on Villa. Not loving Aston Villa as an away favourite. They do have the chance here to maintain a 100% record because they've won their first game and obviously they missed the first game of the season because they're one of the teams slated to play Man United or Man City. Uh, Burnley were also another team this season who've only played one game. But I think that Fulham may be able to get their first point of the season here. I, th- I, have, I have Fulham going down with West Brom. I think it's relatively obvious these two teams are really going to struggle in the Premier League this season, especially without home support. 
But I do think we saw enough from them last week to think that they can penetrate an Aston Villa defence. A defence that's massively improved post-lockdown. But last week, they only kept a clean sheet on the basis of a penalty miss. And Sheffield United had 10 men from most of that most of that game. So I think Fulham will be able to find a net here. I'm not confident about them winning. Um, I would take them on the double chance here to avoid a third defeat in a row, which is available at 8-13. to I also like both teams scoring in this game, but I also don't like the game having more than three goals in it. So it kind of leaves me in a position where I can only pick a 1-1 draw. So the 1-1 draw in this game is available at 6-1. to But if you like any other scoreline that ends up with it going under the 2.5 goals, the under 2.5 goals is available here at 10-11. to And the over is available at 10-11 to as well. But... Um, yeah, I think this is an opportunity for Fulham to get off the mark. I don't like Villa as an away favourite, much like I don't like Southampton and Leeds as away favourites. So hopefully we're not looking at the or not doing the week four podcast and all three of them have managed to win away from home. We finish up with the game of the week, which is Liverpool versus Arsenal, where Liverpool are the eight to 15 favourites. It's 18 to 5 to draw, and it's 5 to 1 on Arsenal. I was hoping for a line here around about 1 to 3 on Liverpool, which would have given us nice handicap options here on Arsenal not to get spanked, because I don't think Arsenal are going to get spanked. But at the same time, when you look at Liverpool's record, at Anfield against Arsenal and their record at Anfield in general. You cannot bet against Liverpool winning this game. And all of a sudden, all of the value shifts on to the money line. And if you're looking at other teams this weekend, Liverpool, Manchester City and Chelsea just simply has to be your parlay. So that is the parlay on the show. That's really the only thing I want to do with this game. If you read my article over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, I do have a lean on the under because I do think that this game is going to be similar to the game against Chelsea where Arsenal are going to set out to try and contain Liverpool. Chelsea thought they could do it, but didn't. Arsenal are probably more better organised than Chelsea. So perhaps they can be more successful at containing Liverpool for a longer period. If you remember, Chelsea got to just the other side of the half. But inevitably, this won't work. Because as good as Mikel Arteta is, Arsenal still don't have the personnel to do that. We're not looking at an Atletico Madrid type of team yet who are used to shutting teams down. It needs to be that kind of experience and that kind of ability to negate what Liverpool do in order for that to succeed. Atletico Madrid succeeded at it. Chelsea didn't. And equally, I don't think Arsenal will. I liked Arsenal getting plus two or plus two and a half if the line was there, if Liverpool had opened at one to three. But instead, they've off, they've opened under minus 200. So we can just take Liverpool on the money line and add it to that parlay. But I also like the under three and a half goals here because, as I said, Arsenal will sit back. They will contain. They will try and hit on the break. But eventually, Liverpool will break through. But I think by the time Liverpool break through, we'll have a really good run on the under 3.5 goals here, which is 7 to 10. So we're not looking at the 2.5. We're looking at the 3.5 because they are massively, they're massively expecting goals in this game. But under 3.5 hasn't cashed for the last two because Mikel Arteta has managed to successfully implement that tactic. But this is Anfield. And I think Liverpool will be more motivated in this one than they were in both those games. One was the Community Shield and one was the league game where Liverpool already won the league. So Liverpool also looking for some revenge here as well, which makes it an even more stronger play for Liverpool at 8-15 here on the money line. I would take this now because 
there'll be money on Liverpool on Saturday and Sunday when people start betting EPL and you're not going to get this 8-15 to for much longer. This is going to be closer to the 1-3 to I expected it to open up to. So I'm looking at around about 2-5, to 4-11 to eventually. So get this now. Liverpool will win this game on Monday. Closing out with the lock dog parlay. You know the parlay. It's Liverpool... Manchester City and Chelsea is chalky. It's the three biggest favourites on the board, but they're all going to win. The dog is going to be Sheffield United as a pick here to win at home to Leeds. And the lock, well, I'm not going to do a lock on the show. And here's why. I am 100% on my locks this season. That includes Das Bundesliga show. That includes the three on the EPL show. Uh, my NFL show, which is over on the Dirty Sheets podcast, me and Cav are both 100% on our NFL show. I'm 2-0 and he's 2-0 as well. We also gave you locks on international football and I gave you a lock for Lionel Messi to stay at Barcelona. So I'm 100% across everything so far. If you add all that together... That's 9-0 and so far for my locks at the start of this season. 3-0 and right here on the EPL show. I haven't had one single tweet about it. Last week, this podcast, which is a brand new feed, the Soccer Gambling Podcast, which I keep talking about saying it's a brand new venture. Thank you if you left a review for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. But this is new. We need new metrics here. We had one review for the whole week on a podcast that's gone 100% on its locks. So I'm not going to give you a lock unless you give me a review. I'll give you two locks for one review. How about that? DM me your review at SGP Soccer on Twitter, at SGP Soccer on Twitter. DM me your review and I will give you my locks because if you're not going to give me reviews and you're not going to give me feedback and you're not going to send me tweets or retweets or whatever, then you're not going to get locks. I'm not just going to sit here and give you free winners. If you want my plays, I already have a premium service. It's called lockbetting.com. I also do a good show where I break down all of the games and give you winners anyway if you read between the lines. Also, there's a predictions article put up over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So you can choose to read between the lines. If you want to be an arsehole, read between the lines. I can't stop you from listening to the show. I can't stop you from reading the articles. But I can put up a paywall over at lockbetting.com and I can ask you to physically send me the reviews which you're going to have to do now on Twitter in order to get the locks. I don't like doing this. I don't like and I don't want to continue going down this route, but we're giving you a show for free. I'm giving you free fucking gold. I've given you this gold for 6 years. I've told you that we're on a new platform. I've asked you to do one thing put up some reviews. It takes under 30 seconds to go onto iTunes and leave reviews for the podcast. And one guy could be fucking bothered to do it while I'm churning out winner after winner and 100% on the locks. I'm not going to do it, guys. Leave me your reviews. Head over to uh, iTunes. Leave an iTunes review for the Soccer Gambling Podcast. DM me that review at SGP Soccer, and then you'll get a couple of locks for this week. That's it for me in this edition of the EPL show. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And... Thanks for listening, guys.